0: Left. Right.
1: Listen, my friends, you are in for a treat tonight. Last episode, we talked about the year 1995 and what happened. If you liked that episode, you're going to love this episode. About 1999, which I promise you is an exciting year. Uh, Wait until we get to the music and the movies. The movie's 1999, probably the best year I've lived through. But listen on, enjoy, and I will see you on the other end. This is sip talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. 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 Alright, we are live. Welcome to Sip Talk episode 199.9. My name is Justin DiGiulio, <laughs> <laughs> my basement in New Jersey, joined by James, the Bosnator Boswell out of Charleston, South Carolina. The Bosonator is a philosopher, a professional bartender, a retired professional referee, and most exciting of all, an accountant. James, what's going on? You want to explain why we're laughing here?
0: Um, I was laughing because I was thinking that we were running out of decimals, but then I was like, no, we'll never run out of decimals.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, except breaking the decade down <laughs> to another uh, to uh, another hundredth. Could oh, be no, a- no, like, we're, <laughs> we're going to run out of the decade for
0: sure. But in terms of decimals between 199 and 200, we can keep on going.
1: Well, the reason, yeah, one, yeah exactly. But the issue is 199, episode 199, Point nine today because we're not prepared for an episode 200 we uh we're talking about the year 1999 so we got we got some cool stuff in store for you um a lot happened in 1999 a lot of great movies a lot of great kind of uh record headlines so it's it's actually a a pretty badass year uh so i'm really excited uh to share the details of this year um Hmm. So you got my notes in front of you, James. We got, we got a long list of notes. We didn't actually think we'd have a full episode, but I think we're going to. We got. Remember, we got Y2K, right? Because 1999, there was a lot of impending doom about the clock striking, the year 2000, the world collapsing. So uh, we got a little bit on that. Can I, uh, can I just share, it's about a 30-second clip, uh, Bill Clinton's State of the Union address? Um. Sure.
0: All right. Yeah, I, good. I, I, I'm sharing. I have no it. idea what he said. I just remember, like, like looking back on it, 1999 was a pretty good year.
1: Well, let me share this uh, YouTube clip. We, we should go. probably
0: put some historical context of it. Is he was currently under impeachment for the Monica Lewinsky scandal.
1: All right. So let me uh, let me throw this up here. Here we go. Let's make sure the audio is good. Tonight I stand before you to report that America has created the longest peacetime economic expansion in our history. With nearly 18 million new jobs, These are pretty cool wages stats. rising at more than twice the rate of inflation, the highest homeownership in history, the smallest welfare rolls in 30 years, and the lowest peacetime unemployment. Since 1957. For the first time in three decades, the budget is balanced. From a deficit of $290 billion in 1992, we had a surplus of $70 billion last year. America also displayed strength. All right. So is, is that not wild? Yo, so when I listen to that video, video I get really angry. <laughs> Why? Because, because George Bush uh, kind of let it, that slip through his fingers there?
0: A whole bunch of reasons, but it really makes me think, we really fucked up.
1: I mean, the thing is, just think, this is 1999, and the U.S. was actually doing phenomenal in, in 1999. Unbelievable.
0: And I say that in, like, the exact definition of the word of, like, I could not imagine us doing that well ever you again.
1: Think you take like, all the I, can't, I couldn't
0: believe it. If you were to say we could get back to the way things were in 1999, I'd say, I don't believe you.
1: Exactly. And, and I mean, you take all the metrics, unemployment, uh, interest rates, inflation, homeownership. Um, like uh, wages beating inflation, yeah, homes being yeah. affordable. Yeah, homes being affordable, especially, and uh, and that just—I mean, given we had nine eleven, oh, the
0: government running a balanced budget,
1: running a balanced budget, yeah. Um, but uh, and the country making money—we had a surplus. You know, we've been running a deficit, deficit for so long, which we slipped very quickly back into. So it says a lot about what was happening in nineteen ninety nine. The world was actually in in a good place you know a lot of people were pretty happy um
0: well the world was in a good place if you lived in the united states there were plenty of places (laughs) in the world fair
1: enough (laughs) fair enough so the united states was in a good place we were in a good place you and i were uh young teenagers eighth grade and uh and life seemed life seemed pretty good um should we, where, where should we start? Should, I think we should maybe get back to Y2K. Um, I think we
0: close out with Y2K. One, because that's at the very end of the year. And two, like, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of an oddball one.
1: Okay. So let's, let's start with the storms. Okay. Um, which if you, do you have the spreadsheet with our notes in front of you? Cause I want to, I want to make sure that we hit all these notes. Cause there's, it's, it's, Really surprising now, more than two decades ahead to look back and realize that all of these things. Wait until we get to the fucking movies. Nineteen ninety nine, arguably one of the best years for movies. Some of my favorite movies uh, debuted, you know, came out and premiered in nineteen ninety nine. So not just
0: our favorites, but like movies that have well, gone on to just like massive critical acclaim and influence.
1: So let's so let's start with the the weather incidents Is that cool? Sure, there's not too much really. No, there's not, but Hurricane Floyd, which uh which really demolished, I think, North Carolina.
0: Yeah, it hit the outer banks.
1: Yeah. And uh it's a category four storm, which is which is pretty high for a storm that's hitting North Carolina. Usually the further north they go, they they lose a lot of steam. So So
0: it used to be that the outer banks had the highest incidence of like Hurricane impacts in the country. I think weather patterns have shifted so that it's no longer the case. But for a while, the Outer Banks was like kind of the nose of America that would consistently like get like <laughs> stuck out just a little bit too far and knocked around by hurricanes.
1: Well, uh, eighty-seven people died in uh, in the storm, which is a which is a pretty high death rate for the United States and a hurricane so oh
0: so speaking of hurricanes
1: like one we have no idea how many people
0: died in ian but like southwest florida is a mess and in about 24 hours charleston is going to be a mess Yeah, so you
1: you have a hurricane hurling towards you in uh in south carolina so we actually this afternoon we were trying to decide how you know how the weather was going to get uh by you you may i mean is it raining where you are
0: yeah, a little bit. Like it's right. it's kind of spitting. Like we've got these outer bands. It's been like gusty and like windy since this time last night, but that's mostly just like leaves falling off of trees and crap. Um yeah. we're not I'm not expecting to see anything too bad happen until sometime tomorrow, but looking at it, it seems like it's going to be like a low cat 1 and there's a good chance that it could just like directly hit Charleston,
1: which I'm all for well that's because you don't own any any land that is below sea level so
0: there's not much land that's below sea level in Charleston
1: there's lots of land that's at sea level yeah well sea level keeps rising so that's that's changing but Charleston is a very low low laying uh, terrain uh, and if we not- get the
0: right combination of factors downtown can flood when the sun is shining
1: yeah i, I I've been in downtown Charleston where there are several feet. Of water just in the streets, so uh, you get hit by a hurricane, it could be pretty bad. And James does not live in the downtown area; he's just excited to have some cool weather, which rightfully so. I mean, it'll be bad for some people in that you know, if, you know, with all due respect, it's bad for them, you know. But well, from your perspective, you're not going to go down and put sandbags around their house. You're just going to no. experience the like, weather. And and right, we've got the ice with-
0: machine running. We've got beer. We've got food. We're ready. <laughs>
1: Um, but I do feel like this is a put up or shut up
0: moment for me because for the past 15 years, I've talked about how much I like hurricanes and whenever I would say that to people, they're like, well, do you, uh, do you own a house or do you rent?
1: I (laughs) said, I rent. And they say, of course you do. Like,
0: what, like, why would you care? You, your, your opinion will change once you own property. Now that I own property, nope, still love hurricanes. Uh, We'll
1: see when that, when that, when one of the trees falls on your car or something, We'll, we'll see. Um, all right, so look, so not not just the hurricane that uh, that knocked North Carolina. You got an F5 tornado that touched down in Oklahoma City and killed 36 people. And an F5 tornado is a pretty serious tornado. Yeah. Uh, um, and it, it demolished Oklahoma City. Really. And then like really
0: four or five years ago, there was an, another tornado that did almost the exact same thing.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. The
0: more tornado.
1: When you when you live in that kind of tornado alley, you're uh, you know not not a great place to live, especially if you own property.
0: All right. So this next one is crazy to think about.
1: Why? Because of how long ago it was, or because it was really the first one that was headline news. Both.
0: So the Columbine High School shooting happened in 1999 on April 20th, and.
1: I remember there, when that... there, there were two shooters, right? Mm-hmm. And they killed 12, 12 kids. There was 12 kids, and one teacher, I think. Um, in a high school.
0: Yeah. And I remember when that news came out, it was a massive shock to the country. Um, like, we had really never seen anything like that before. And it was really traumatic for the country. And we had a trouble believing that something like that could happen here and that was 23 years ago and reading just reading the line columbine high school shooting like that really i think most people would agree that that kind of is like the first major one or like the origin
1: i well i i so we talked in the 1995 episode last episode that we that we recorded about the uh, what was the bombing? Was it Oklahoma Oklahoma City, City bombing
0: was the oh, origin yeah, origin City of um, domestic domestic terrorism? terrorism.
1: Yeah, and uh, and then four years later, you get a high school shooting.
0: Although so, for domestic terrorism, you could make an argument about the Unabomber.
1: Yeah, uh, but that
0: it still felt different in scale to the Oklahoma City bombing. But with this, I think most people would agree that like Columbine was like the, the first school shooting.
1: And now this stuff is happening on a pretty regular basis, which I think is what makes this particular instance so surprising. Just remembering well, how surprised we were and how we received that news. Well, like how could that possibly happen? So a-
0: think Ooh. about it. Like if you hear a headline about a school shooting today, what is your response? What's your immediate gut level response?
1: Uh, it's, it's it's actually very little it's this shit's out of my control uh you know there needs to be some type of regulation on guns uh, this this shouldn't be happening but it's really out of my control and it's and I don't I actually are you don't are you shocked time. or
0: surprised anymore
1: not at all I don't I don't spend that much time thinking about it I, I mean even people getting shot in the street I'm like well I'm still gonna to go to work
0: so so yeah that's my point is like are you shocked and surprised by it? Because in 1999, everyone was. And today, it, it really just is like, that it's, it's not even like A1 news. It might be like bottom page of A1, but it's not like A1 headline news anymore.
1: Why? Because it's become
0: so common. And like everything you said about like, it sucks and we need to do something about it. And like, why aren't we?
1: Well, there's a lot but of reasons why we're not addressing. Uh, whenever gun
0: violence in the, the, the Onion .dot has a headline that they that they run on their website whenever something like this happens, and it I'm is crazy. no way to prevent this. Says only nation where this regularly occurs. <laughs> and and they, what they do is it's the exact same text every single time, like a long paragraph, and they run the exact same text, and they just change like a number and a location and they run the exact same thing and after Uvalde back in May the the Onion's website which normally has like you know dozens and dozens of articles on ra- like random stuff the Onion just published every single one of the no way to prevent this articles and there were dozens hundreds of them just posting the exact same article over and over and over again. And Rosh says, we've become numb to it. And I think he's right. And it's fucking stupid.
1: It, no, it is, it is wild. And the headline reads, just to repeat... Well, you, I'll let you repeat it. <laughs> no way
0: to prevent this, says only nation where this regularly occurs. Yeah,
1: so... And Columbine High School shooting was... 1999 to 23 years ago and we were shocked the country actually came to a brief standstill Mm -hmm. so that that's that is a little wild so look let's uh let's get on to the next uh next line here about the european union i didn't realize that this is this happened in 1999. I actually, I hadn't even thought about what it happened. I just thought it had existed for so long and just kind of wi- more widely became adopted. But this is the euro, the currency, being established as the common currency between uh, the European Union. There were three countries that opted out, and that was Sweden, the UK, and Denmark. And, and another- the UK
0: continued with their opt-out strategy later on.
1: Uh, well, the, the twenty was,
0: twenty years later with Brexit,
1: yeah, and now they're now they are, yeah. I, don't get me started with Brexit, man. But uh, the UK is still using the pound, so that's that's interesting. Sweden is using the what krona? Is that what it is? Um, I think I think Sweden so. still in the krona. Uh, I don't know about Denmark, but look, what I learned was that for the first three years. They didn't, just, they didn't just get rid of all of their individual currencies. It was established as an invisible currency. So it was only really used in the back end for accounting. But in January 1, 2002, 12 countries uh, had to basically change over all of their cash into, uh, into, into euros. And if you think about it, it was a pretty massive gamble for those countries to take
0: of placing faith in a a union of countries that have not historically gotten along and saying, we have our own national currency. We collectively are going to trust each other to not screw each other over and use a common currency. And it worked out for the most part.
1: Yeah. Um, As far as I know, it's going very smoothly. So. You know, yeah, there's
0: been some hiccups along the way, but the EU started um with I guess only I don't know how many member nations, but the EU has expanded a lot in the last 23 years.
1: Yeah, so there's many more countries that are that are now on the euro. So Which is a
0: good thing because I think despite all of its flaws, the idea of the European Union is a good one.
1: Well, look, yeah, but but aside from just European Union, I think European Union is definitely a good one, especially when you're right next door to Russia. Um but having a common currency, I think, makes increasing sense, uh, given that the majority of transactions are just done digitally. We're not actually exchanging. Um, we're not actually exchanging fiat. You know, we're not. Uh, fiat is what? Well, it's still
0: fiat. It's, it's still, still fiat, fiat.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was catching myself on that. We're not actually exchanging cash. Cash money. So. Um.
0: Well, and on a slight uh, tangent. Like as bad as things are economically in this country, I looked at a graph of how the U.S. dollar has performed to like 20 other currencies across the world, including strong currencies like the pound and the euro. Yeah. And like we the the net, the the best currency was minus five percent versus the dollar like most of like the other ones were like minus 17 or 18 percent with others being like 25 to 30 plus percent so as bad as things are for
1: us like it's really bad
0: everywhere else too
1: well how does the euro stand up to that I'm just curious
0: um the euro is now worth less than a dollar oh shit all right I, when I lived in Spain the euro was about a buck 40 the last time I was in Spain the euro was like a buck 15. Wow well, now it's like 98
1: well, that's because the, the US is, you know, quite the powerhouse in terms of consuming and, and...
0: Well, it's also just our, our our inflation woes are not as bad as other countries' inflation woes. Like it that doesn't that's not really something that like for example Biden standing up there and talking about inflation, telling the American people, I know things aren't good for you guys right now, but just know that everybody else in the world is doing worse. Like that's not a great message, so yeah it's not getting headlines or anything, uh, like but you can read about individual countries talking about how terrible they're doing, but like the comparative sense is that we're doing better than other countries, but even like the Democrats aren't going to say that because it's not a powerful message to your voters, and it's not going to sway your opponents,
1: yeah, yeah, um, all right, so back to uh the American news. Uh, so you mentioned going into 19, I almost said 2019, going into 1999 that Bill Clinton was uh, basically on trial, right? For, I don't know
0: if he was on trial when he gave the, uh, the state of the
1: union address, but it was certainly like
0: he was under investigation and we should say hi to Lisa. Lisa, we're talking about 1999 tonight.
1: Yeah. So this is a, it's a fun year. So, but Bill Clinton was acquitted in 1999. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know how I feel about, because I I suppose, especially since it's so far in the past that I have very few feelings for Bill Clinton and what he was doing on the personal side of his life. Um, but I just know that
0: the nation did well while he was president,
1: but, and that's where I was going to go with it, especially in retrospect, you know, we can look back at things and the country was doing pretty good. So, um, all right, so let's. Let's talk about some TV shows. Uh, there's some pretty cool TV shows. I'm probably missing some.
0: I'm sure you are, but like you're hitting some big ones.
1: SpongeBob.
0: Did you ever watch SpongeBob?
1: No, I think I was way too old at that point. I mean, it has, you know, I just no, I don't even think I've ever watched it ever. So,
0: like, I, yeah, because I remember when it came out. For some reason, I just I kind of looked at it like a kid show and i've heard a lot of people explain to me that like there's actually like a whole bunch of adult messages in it not like pornographic just like more mature messaging and and and
1: well they say that, that you
0: can take from it but like i I, I, have, I could just never get into it
1: they say that about disney movies as well and you know i just it's just it's directed towards children the fact that they throw out some some adult jokes is great, but you're you know, At the end of the day, you're still watching a cartoon. And well, um, I don't know because I, I, I know you watch cartoons. You just watch adult well, cartoons. I was gonna
0: say because Futurama I, came out in
1: 1999, <laughs> um, along with Family Guy.
0: Yeah, and Family Guy, re- like for a, as much as it has its critics and deservedly so, like Family Guy really changed. The way that humor on TV was done, because even though, like, in in the like, critics will claim that like all their cutaway gags and everything, and the and the way that they do their jokes is kind of derivative. Like at the time, it was novel. And one thing that Family Guy did that nobody had really done before was acknowledge that there's kind of like a formula and a script for how a TV show is supposed to run and family guy just said we're not going to do that. We we're, we're going to we're just going to do whatever we think is funny and sometimes it'll work and sometimes it won't but we're not going to listen to what we're supposed to do.
1: Well and and and, and that's where family guy won because it was unique and it was just funny. The jokes the jokes were funny. Early family guy, yeah. And and, were- and, and, and like
0: it still has its moments.
1: Is the Simpsons still on? Simpsons yes. came out in 1989, I think. So yeah. um all right and then uh and then here's a show i think we both liked although i don't think i've watched very much of it but malcolm in the middle
0: malcolm in the middle was good um notice how all these shows don't have laugh tracks
1: (laughs) uh yes we talked about laugh tracks last episode none of these tv shows have laugh tracks um I think
0: actually more importantly, and you skipped over this, like The Sopranos. Did you ever watch The Sopranos?
1: I never really watched The Sopranos. The thing is, for me, I don't have the attention span to watch episode after episode after episode. And you have to sequentially watch episodes of shows like Sopranos and a lot of TV shows like that. For me, it's it's really tough to just go.
0: But think about what the The Sopranos is another one of those kind of like first ofs.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a gangster uh, Italian mafia. Well, it's not the first time
0: that like anybody did something about the mob. But what was different about the Sopranos?
1: Good question. What was different about it? I think I don't know. I well, think HBO, so, so they could get away with a lot more. Yeah,
0: I think it was more like so before the Sopranos, like every episode on a on a show would kind of be its own self contained thing, and like you'd have some problem, you'd have some resolution, but every episode can kind of stand on its own, whereas The Sopranos kind of went with a more long-form approach where they had a really big story in mind and they didn't have a problem leaving things unresolved from episode to episode. And I think the other thing that it really did that was different at the time was its main character and also just kind of all the characters of focus were not necessarily good people and well, I think, so and you I had think kind of
1: your protagonist a bad guy
0: mm-hmm. uh I which think again that's not the first time it was done but they really leaned into it of having a morally ambiguous or sometimes morally reprehensible character as the show's focus and not as the villain
1: um, but it was a great show how many seasons Rosh uh, can tell us that how many seasons The Sopranos, la- Sopranos lasted um, and then let's so I, I didn't I, I will throw this out there it's not movie related but um, Stanley Kubrick died in 1999 I didn't know that And when did, uh,
0: did Eyes Wide Shut come out that same year
1: uh, I uh, well we'll get there in a minute I think won't we uh yeah. Because we're gonna, I'm not sure. Um, and then Stephen King, the writer, got hit by a bicycle. Or hit, I think, I don't know, maybe not a bicycle. He got hit by a car when he was walking or bicycling down the side of the road and ended up being in like a really critical condition, broke a whole bunch of bones. Um, but he got hit by a freaking car. I, I never knew that. Stephen King's
0: confusing for me because, like, some of his stuff is fantastic.
1: Mm. Are you talking about the books, or are you talking about the movies?
0: <laughs> I'm talking about his books, like, he, like, like, the, and like more specifically the ones that are turned into movies. Because I've read a few of his books, but I've probably seen more of his movies, like movies based on his books. And it's just like he's hit and miss. Where like when he's good, he's really good, and then other times he's like, "What in the hell?" Someone paid you for this. Who who gave you the treatment?
1: <laughs> but you know, I mean, I suppose that's that's how writing goes. Rosh uh, is saying it went for six seasons. Rosh, uh, I'm also curious, who wrote the movie Thinner? James, you ever seen the movie Thinner? No. About a fat guy who like makes a deal. He's a fat attorney. He makes a deal with, with somebody. Um, and they put a curse on him. So he's just going to... I think he runs somebody over or his client runs somebody over. And uh, they come out and put a curse on him that he's going to lose weight. And the guy basically turns into like a skeleton man with just skin hanging off him. He's eating as much as he can. Can't put it on any weight. And it's like a horror movie. It's a pretty cool movie, Thinner. Um, Let's see. Let's uh, uh, so some music. We got some cool music news. Uh, Ricky Martin's Living La Vida Loca came out. I remember there was like a
0: two or three year span where like anything Latino would get airplay.
1: Well, I mean, I I think it gets a lot more airplay now, but Living Livita Loca was kind of the first mainstream song that I can remember that had any Spanish lyrics in it. I didn't know what Living Livita Loca even meant until probably a few years ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it's it's not a hard one, but... <laughs> um, Alright, and then, uh, did you just throw this in here? M&M? I threw
0: in this one because I think it bears mention.
1: So, Eminem's... Uh, was this his premiere album?
0: Um, the Marshall Mathers LP, I believe it came out in '99, but I, like I remember, "Hi My Name Is" came out when we were in like in in 1999 when we were in eighth grade, and that sh- that song was so completely different from what rap music was before
1: mm-hmm.
0: that like people just didn't really know what to do with it. And I-, I recommend you go back and listen to "Hi My Name Is" today. The song is still hilarious.
1: <laughs> um... Great. So I mean, I don't like the song. I I don't think it's great music. But, I don't think you have to like is. the
0: song. Just like listen to it and like like try and like look for the humor in it because it's yeah.
1: there. Look, I I don't think it's great music, but I do think it's a great song. Um, I don't I don't know how that I don't know how that translates, but that's how I well, feel it.
0: I think it, the thing that he did that was different that really caught people off guard was so much of rap music before that was all kind of bravado, mm-hmm. and. His hit single was completely self deprecating. (laughs)
1: Um, well, that was that was how uh Eminem rapped. What he would do is he would self deprecate and basically uh use up any material that somebody else could have come up with to diss him, and and he'd just throw it out and, and make some self deprecating jokes and then uh. You know when when the mic was handed over that you know they had nothing to say basically and I don't know much about rap especially back then but it's my understanding of uh, um,
0: yeah Kay K was asking if I've got supplies if by supplies you mean alcohol and some canned food then yes
1: James is well prepared for um, for the hurricane so speaking of hurricane Woodstock 1999. So, the creators of the original Woodstock, uh, they they basically decided they they sold this new Woodstock show to a mayor. It wasn't in the original location. It was on like an Air Force Base, which was this huge place where people could camp out. They built this thing up, they hired local artists. It was a huge extravaganza, so many different stages. and it turned into, and we're talking, uh big name big name acts um and this turned into a total shit show it was very poorly managed and i I recently watched a documentary on it and you understand actually how complex managing a a concert venue with multiple shows is where it is multiple days and you have to have so many bathrooms and not just bathrooms, but running water where people can wash their hands. You have to have food available and water available. So the and logistics
0: just, that go into throwing a music festival are really
1: intense. But but it, it it's they kind of set themselves up for failure. You know, they hired these vendors, uh, third party vendors. The third party vendors were setting their own prices. So back in 1999, where people weren't even willing to pay a dollar for bottled water, right? They're charging $1. like four. I think they were charging like five to eight dollars for a bottle of water, which would, which in which, some if cases, you went to like a,
0: a pharmacy at the time, you could have gotten for probably like forty five cents.
1: But yeah, people might have gone to this concert with twenty to twenty five dollars in their pocket for the weekend back in nineteen ninety nine, and you, you're saying you know a bottle of water costs five dollars. You're going to be there for three days.
0: So it wasn't just the cost, but it was the message that came with the cost, which is the first Woodstock in 1969 was all about like love and and, and
1: just and it was was, anti-capitalism.
0: Yes, very much so. And so the people that went to Woodstock 99 got really pissed because it was capitalism embodied. And they're just like, you completely co-opted the message of the original Woodstock. To make a whole bunch of money, which is really postmodern, but.
1: um. (laughs) But Look, also, these people are baking under the sun. Nothing's free. Wait, didn't it
0: like rain at one point and like
1: turn into like a total shit show? So it did rain at a certain point and it ended up with people kind of body surfing across the mud, not like crowd surfing, but like just body surfing across the mud. But because people were just like, knocking over the porta potties people were literally just body surfing through shit everybody smelled bad there was no real running water for showers and it gets it gets pretty bad so at the kind of the hop and 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 the thing is like you have these acts where the people got so revved up in because it's woodstock people are going for not just the music but the experience and when you have acts that are think of music well, in 1999, like you Woodstock
0: '99, this- had a huge set list in terms of like
1: all the biggest bands went to it. Well, that's Woodstock, exactly. The biggest bands were there. But just think of what music was like in 1969 versus 1999. You get this kind of grunge, but almost harder edge grunge. You have you have a couple of more kind of acoustically inclined bands. Yeah, but you also, uh, like this yeah. new edge,
0: like this new metal kind of like pop metal element too.
1: Well, and that's you know that's where it gets bad. You got Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit, and this is the guy that really revs it up. And and in his in his set in his playlist, he's got. I think one of his songs might be like "Tear It Down" or something like break that. break stuff. Break stuff. And the crowd at this point is, this is late at night. He goes on at like 9, 10 o'clock at night. And people are just destroying everything around them. Anything that was built, the fences, different checks. Um, and then uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I think it was the same night, uh, came on. Red Hot Chili Peppers, great band, wild, insane to watch. I think, have we been to a Red Hot Chili Peppers? Uh, no, I've never,
0: like, I've never been a huge fan of them. Um, that's not to say they're bad; they're just not something. That no, no I'm mean, not a
1: huge fan, but I, uh, you know they have good music. And one of their songs is called Fire, and it literally ended with nearly everything that was flammable anywhere around the stage being lit on fire. So
0: Lisa says that sounds like a terrible time, and I completely agree. And that's why <laughs> they set the thing on fire. It's just like right. we've been misled. This sucks, and now we're going to take out our frustrations on you.
1: Well, people felt like they were almost being held hostage. Like it was not these; the conditions were borderline unbearable. And uh, you know, and just bear in mind, this is Woodstock, so you have naked people walking around, and then with some of the music. I think that the first night they had a warehouse because remember it was a it was a uh, it took place on a uh, what did I say? Old Uh, Air Force Base. An old Air Force Base. So they had converted one of the hangers into a rave right and you have just massive drug use you have naked people all over the place and 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 not just here in that in that venue but also for some of the shows you had massive mosh pits where people were just getting fucking skulls cracked fucking elbows to the nose crazy shit going on um so it ended up woodstock 1999 ended up in a total shit show if you've got two and a half to three hours to to spend watching Netflix there's an awesome uh Woodstock 99 documentary it's almost like Fire Festival which maybe we'll cover that in a subsequent episode but uh, i feel
0: less bad about Fire Festival because at least that was like
1: rich people being duped like yeah yeah but this wasn't this was this was not rich people this was you know just young young people and all right so you get the other, you got you got Woodstock 99 and then you have Coachella it's the first year for Coachella So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and apparently
0: that one went well enough that they decided to keep on doing it. So,
1: Yeah, it it, it definitely went well. A couple of headline news. You got Elian Gonzalez, and he was found three miles uh, off the shore of Fort Lauderdale. That
0: saga went on for a while.
1: Yeah, well, apparently, you know, they took him into U.S. custody, and... Cuba wanted him back. Cuba and his father wanted him back in Cuba. But he was basically a human refugee who escaped with whoever and and the, majority, and the kid was like people, six years old the, the majority of the people who he escaped with on whatever boat or raft or whatever it was drowned there was a storm that came through and most of them drowned so he was one of three that survived hung on to a life raft and then a couple of fishermen found them outside of fort lauderdale um, which was lucky for real and uh just totally wild, I think. Uh, I still
0: feel like like the the, re- the resolution of that, where like the the U.S. family that was holding him, they eventually got like raided by a SWAT team, and there's this picture of a guy in full SWAT gear with an MP five, and like <laughs> there's this little kid on the other side of the frame, and it's just this wild photo.
1: Uh, yeah, why are you raiding these people with with a SWAT team for for a for? A- for a kid. What was the? What was the- Well,
0: It was basically like the, the the court said, like, he needs to go back to Cuba. And the U.S. family said, we're, we're not going to do that. And that's why the SWAT team went in was like, we're enforcing this court order of like he, he needs to be deported because that's what the courts have said. So the family basically just said, like, tried to call the government's bluff. And in most cases, that's not a good idea
1: well it ends up with the SWAT team raiding your house but it's just uh,
0: like you've got like this woman holding this young kid and like this guy with an MP5
1: yeah wild so a couple more uh, headline news Ford acquires Volvo I didn't know that happened in 1999 I know my mom was a huge Volvo fan and never bought a Volvo thus she commencing bought, the
0: decline of the brand
1: she bought a 1998 Volvo and then never bought a Volvo after that well good move on her part um and then you got Harry Potter the prisoner of Escoban, which i've never read a so harry potter was book that before.
0: that wasn't the first like the first harry potter book was before 1999 i don't
1: I don't, uh, I don't know
0: let's get the research department on that yeah, one yeah rush
1: when was the first harry potter book and was it the prisoner of Escoban? i think i thought this was the first harry potter book which was then turned into a movie uh, 3 or 4 years later uh, I thought so. I thought the first Harry Potter book came out. And, uh, all right, let's so, keep on moving
0: because we got we got movies uh, to talk about. I know. We
1: got, I can't wait to get to the movies. Uh, Serbia ramps up ethnic cleansing against Kosovo Albanians. Uh, yeah, and we
0: bombed a whole crap load of uh, like Eastern Europeans. And Rosh says 1997 was the first
1: Harry Potter book. Okay, well, all right. Um, yeah. Well, you're a huge Harry Potter fan. Like, like, then, let's
0: keep on going through these because, like, some well, we of the get, get, get like time. we could talk we got, about all of these for a good well, bit. Well, look,
1: we got we got time to talk about the movies. There's not uh, all right. So, the world population
0: 6 billion. We're yeah. and we're almost at 8 now.
1: Yeah. And then uh, Lance Armstrong wins his first tour to France.
0: Surely nothing but a bright future for him.
1: <laughs> well, he he had the uh, the odds were stacked for him. So, um actually they weren't cuz I think pretty much everybody in cycling at that time was was using performance. I
0: don't remember which year it was, but I think somebody went back through and looked at like that year's finishing records for the Tour de France and said, if we cross off every single cyclist that was later found out to be doping in some way, the person who would have won the Tour de France was like 43rd.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah. So that's, so, you know, I don't, I don't hate Lance Armstrong, actually, I, you know, because he was just he was doing the same thing as everybody else. And he was just a better cyclist. Well,
0: the problem with Lance, I don't think, is that he was, was the, doping. The, it was The
1: problem was that he lied. He lied, lied
0: about him. it. And also, like, he bullied the people that were trying to keep the sport clean. So if you were riding during the time that Lance was riding, if you tried to blow the whistle on anybody... Lance, knowing that he was the biggest name in cycling by far, would be riding right next to you the next on the next day, giving you shit the entire ride, because mm-hmm. it was it, it was a collective group saying we're going to squash anybody that tries to rain on our on our EPO laden parade.
1: <laughs> um, all right, next in sports news, uh, the U.S. women's team won the World Cup. And I uh, think that was one by a, uh, um, what's, what, do you, what do you call in soccer where it's like a penalty final kick? Shoot. It was
0: a kicks from the mark. And yeah. the iconic image from that one, I think it was Brandi
1: Chastain
0: made the winning penalty kick. And she tore off her shirt in celebration. <laughs>
1: um, and nice so place. there's a
0: picture of her in her sports bra with like her arms up in the air. And that was like the picture, the sports picture of the year.
1: Um, next in uh, in news, Jesse, the Body Ventura, uh, Worldwide Wrestlings, uh, I don't know, People's Champ was sworn in as the governor of Minnesota, starting a
0: problematic trend in American politics. I'm not necessarily saying that he was bad, but I'm well, saying I the mean, trend he started was bad.
1: You know, I don't. I mean, you had Reagan, right? So he oh, yeah, never mind Reagan. Yeah, yeah you're right. So, I mean, it's not. It's not. He didn't start it. He, but, but. And I don't know anything about what happened in Minnesota. I know he, he couldn't have done a terrible job, but it's Minnesota. So even if he did a terrible job, you know, it was just second. Yeah, who's going to know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then well, this is pretty tragic news, and I was not a uh, a huge uh, wrestling fan. I, you know, in the, in the early 90s, I loved WWF. But uh, one of the biggest names in WWF was Brett the Hitman Hart. And he had a brother who was also one of the headliners, not as big, but Owen Hart. And what happened, I think it it wasn't WrestleMania, but it was like Monday Night Raw. It was a very big televised event. Uh, He was, Owen Hart was being lowered into the ring from the rafters above. And uh, his line became untethered. And he just kind of let go of whatever, let go of the rafters to be dropped in and just fell directly from the top of the arena into the center of the wrestling ring and yeah i think he died kind of you know minutes later and uh, a lot of people actually just thought that it was part of the act they thought it was part of the wwf act this guy pretends to fall but i don't know how they would think somebody could pull that off how do you pretend to fall 30 feet by falling 30 feet i'm pretty you know? no, they
0: probably would have thought that it was like a dummy or something
1: maybe but
0: uh, yeah like it's pretty tough to survive an eighty-foot fall into anything but
1: water. Um. Yeah. No, it, it was wild. Um. And then we get uh, Michael Jordan and Michael Johnson. Uh. I I had forgotten about Michael Johnson until I read this, but he was a four hundred meter runner. He was thirty-one years old, which at the time was was pretty old for uh for runners and. He did a 400 meter, which, for those of you who don't know, is one lap around the track at 41.81 seconds, which is that's is crazy know, fast. You know, if you guys don't know how fast that is, uh, and you and you want to figure it out, go to the track.
0: I'll tell you right now: if I were to try and run a 400, I'd be happy if I ran a 70.
1: No, is not bad, man. I'd be happy with. Uh, Within eighty, <laughs> so uh, like, I, I yeah, I actually think it. like an
0: eighty is probably more realistic for me.
1: Yeah, I was, I was, I've been doing some lately, and I'm, I'm clocking about, about ninety seconds at, at a at a, a good pace. Now, you know, I, I plan to run. I usually do that after running a few miles. But I'll say, I like,
0: tell be. you, you've got one thing to do today, which is run a four hundred as fast as you can. What what time do you think you'd
1: clock? Uh, I I could probably do maybe a minute 15. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd expect 30. to be
0: somewhere between 75 and 80.
1: Yeah, I, I but a minute 15 would be like, it would have to be a, a, a spectacular day. Right, no, it's like, it's, it's a full
0: send. I'm, I'm going to do like a little warm up, limber and, up, but, and this is all I'm doing mental. today.
1: It's not just mental, because the thing is, for 100 meters, so the cool, I mean, we're talking about running, so maybe we're boring you, but the thing about running is you got your... Sprinter, so 100 meters. You got your milers, right? Which is which you run a mile way differently, just your form and how hard you're going. You run a mile differently than you do a 100 meter sprint. And then when you get to your five mile races, your 10 mile, ra- or your your the form days, changes
0: considerably. But uh, you're farther you changes.
1: go. The, the thing is, the further the distance you actually have, you can't go all out because you have to be reserved. You have to reserve for later on. The 100 meters you can go all out. The thing about the 400. Is that you can't? You have to. It's like you can't be going all out, right? But yeah. But so that's that's be, the nice thing about the one hundred
0: is that like the, there's not much like mental, mental endurance required. Of like you're not gonna like by the time any like fatigue or pain sets in, the race is over. Well, let so, me ask you
1: a question: hundred meter dash. How long is it? Ten seconds. Hold world your world records like nine eight. Hold your, hold your, well, for the common person listening, 10 seconds, okay? Um, I hold wouldn't be, I, I'd
0: time. be happy with 15 right now.
1: Hold, hold your breath for 10 seconds. That's nothing. Now hold your breath for 10 seconds and sprint in place. That's nothing, right? You don't need as much air and energy in your body, but when you do a 400, which is, which is four times as long, you, your body consumes that much more oxygen, so it, it's, it, it, It's a wild race, the four hundred, and and kudos to uh, yeah Michael Johnson. By the time you
0: make it to like probably about two hundred to two hundred and fifty meters, that's where your body starts to say, "Okay, what are we doing
1: here?" Um, Exactly. Yeah. Um, So next sports news: Michael Jordan retires for the second time. I thought I throw that in there because it was uh, uh, we talked about Michael Jordan in the nineteen ninety five episode last Napster. So, so in more exciting news, Napster is released in uh, in nineteen ninety nine, which closed less than two years later, uh, in two thousand one. But Napster it opened was... the
0: door to a complete revolution.
1: Let me ask you a question: You think, you think without, you think if Napster didn't exist, we would have things like uh, iTunes? And where do you get your music from? Um, I
0: used to download my. I used to use Napster or LimeWire. Then I moved on to BitTorrent. I would just download entire like discographies. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, yeah,
0: These days, where do you where
1: do you get your legit music from? I should say.
0: Um, these days, I actually listen to most of my music on either Pandora or YouTube.
1: Okay, but there was uh, there was about two decades that you. Uh,
0: I downloaded all my you music illegally. Yeah. like with <laughs> probably ninety nine point nine percent of my music was downloaded illegally. I I would wow. buy a CD every once in a while, but like that was the. Extreme minority,
1: but that's before music streaming, which we have, which we have now. Yeah, but back, but back then, when you were downloading illegally, there was really no other way to get your music legally. You couldn't hear a song. It's either spend
0: fifteen dollars for a CD for maybe two songs that you like,
1: or you'd have to go to the record store. You have to go to the music store. Oh yeah, buy the CD. Of course. Yeah. So with Napster, you could just hear. And Napster, one of the things that people don't understand about Napster is how fucking fast it was compared to LimeWire or any torrent. Uh, Napster, you could download a song which at the time was like two and a half megabytes. You could download it in 30 seconds. Well,
0: fast, it depends fast on forward. your connection was because I remember the first song I downloaded on Napster took like 25 minutes.
1: Well, fast forward five years, it still took you 25 minutes to download the same song. It's just you had that much other traffic you were competing yeah, with. Yeah, but so. uh,
0: I think... Like, and I, I could do an entire episode talking about piracy, but um, if it weren't for Napster and other like, forms of being able to pirate music or listen to music for free, I probably wouldn't have discovered one-tenth of the bands that I listen to now. And practically every band that I've gone to see live, which is how most bands make their money, um, I wouldn't have heard of that band, let alone pay for a ticket to go see them live. If I hadn't pirated their music, what band? Any like, practically what any band? band that I go to, like, right. um, like recently, L ten eleven and Metric.
1: All right, um, all right, we're almost to movies. We got, we got two things. We got West Nile virus.
0: Yeah, which, I remember which, that was a big deal.
1: Which is, yeah, and that that was pre-coronavirus, obviously. Yeah, but
0: it wasn't a a big deal when you look back on it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but but if it happened this year, we would be treating it the same. The way the media treated West Nile virus then is not the way that we'd be treating it now. It would be impending, just like monkeypox. Monkeypox and West West Nile virus, pretty similar. Uh, Uh, Not
0: in their symptoms, but.
1: No, I mean, not. Actually, at all similar, but, effect, you know, how much effect they're going to have on people is that. Yeah. Uh And then last, before we get to movies, which I know we're both excited for, is Mitch Hedberg. I heard uh, he wrote a book, and he brought it to the publisher, and the publisher said, you need to rewrite this. And, and he, uh, he said, no, uh, uh, I think I'll just make a copy. Poorly delivered, Mitch Hedberg joke. Poorly delivered, but but Mitch Hedberg, great humor. (laughs) Yeah, and very dry humor. Uh, uh, Mitch Hedberg, great comedian. I actually might. (laughs) I'm gonna play some Mitch Hedberg uh, after we after we wrap Um, this up.
0: Not not Mitch Hedberg, but one of my favorite jokes, and this is in the style of Mitch Hedberg. Is a guy says, "Uh, "Broke up with my girlfriend." and she, and she gave me the reason. She says, I just feel like you don't understand me. I said, what do you mean?
1: <laughs> um, good one. And that wasn't his?
0: No, but it's in his style.
1: So let's get to movies. Dude, because nineteen. So we're talking about 1999. The movies that came out in 1999, we're going to skip a few of these, I think. We're going to skip a bunch of these. But, but let's talk about some of these that we talk about today. So number one, I, I know it's one of my favorite movies. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's one of your favorite movies. It's a Kevin Spacey movie. Um, Back before that was a problem. That, that, I, I don't have any problem with Kevin Spacey. Yeah, but so. a lot of people do. Yeah, I know. Um, because they want to have a problem with somebody. And, and uh, so, but, but American Beauty, which if you have not seen American Beauty, you must see American Beauty. N- uh, next movie on the list, The Green Mile um which is a great movie if you haven't seen it you probably don't need to see it
0: no you should <laughs> see American Beauty though that movie yeah, is wild
1: it is it, it is really cool.
0: takes you on a journey
1: um movie I actually put it on the other night and fell asleep I think I, I had a couple of drinks and just I didn't I just didn't want to close my eyes so I I sat down on the sofa and put it on and four minutes into it I, I fell asleep um and then number three 1999 and I think we both kind of thought of this movie when we thought of 1999. It's not
0: the one I think of in 1999,
1: but uh, well, we'll get there. Our, we'll get there. Was The Matrix. in uh, Awesome movie. Unfortunately, Matrix had a series of, of I don't know what you would call them. Sequels that were just not good.
0: Yeah, but the original Matrix, I, I think when people watch the original Matrix for the very first time, like it was hard to walk away from that movie not blown away by well,
1: the makes concept
0: you question- and the execution.
1: It makes you question your actual reality.
0: But even just even if you don't think about the plot, you just look at like the, the way that the movie was shot and the action sequences. And what they did with that movie was just beyond what anything else was doing at the time.
1: Uh, awesome movie. I... I maybe I'll watch that this weekend. We'll see. Um, then you got the Sixth Sense Bruce Willis movie and whatever that uh that little kid's name was, who's now bigger Old. and older and chubbier. Yeah, very strange looking. Um, oh, yeah. Haley Osmond or jo- Joel Haley Osmond or something. I don't know, but it, that's an M. Night
0: Shyamalan-Malan movie.
1: That was well, that was probably his best movie because it was. was weird. Okay, what, what do you want to hit?
0: I'm um, skipping... I'm going to skip a whole bunch, actually. Well, you got Sleepy
1: Hollow. Sleepy Hollow was a, was a cool movie. I was going to um, say... And, oh, oh, number 12, dude. Number no, 12. But
0: no, I, yeah, I Unless was you got right. one before so number 12. Let's being just John Malkovich 12. didn't it, really do much for me, but I know you love that movie.
1: Oh, my God. Being John Malkovich is... Uh, John Cusack played the main character. Cameron Diaz played his girlfriend. And John Malkovich played John Malkovich. If you guys haven't seen multiple times. <laughs> if you guys have not seen the movie being John Malkovich, it is a you just have to see it. It is the I most wasn't like interesting... I wasn't a huge fan of
0: it, but at the same time, like it, it had a really cool concept and it did something let, different. Let,
1: let me ask you a question. When was the last time you saw it?
0: Twenty years ago.
1: Okay. Dude, you gotta watch it again. It is okay. the most fucked up movie ever. It's so weird. And it is so cool. All right.
0: Um, the Blair Witch Project, terrible movie, but incredible legacy.
1: Incredible. The reason it has the legacy is, I think, possibly because the movie was a letdown. But the marketing campaign. This is a movie shot by some kids, potentially a true, based off a true story, which doesn't mean shit. Um, <laughs> for those of you kids who are listening to us, I want to define what "based off a true story" means. It means we have an idea and a whole story based off something else that happened. This isn't anything about what happened, but something happened. We got some ideas. We ran with our ideas, not what happened. So, But it was shot on a camcorder, and uh, these kids went in the woods, and supposedly there were some witches, and they put the sticks together in a certain way, and that meant people were going to die.
0: It was, it was just really – like it was disorienting. A lot of time, nothing's happening in the movie.
1: And also, they would, like, drop the video camera so you would just hear shit happening in the background, which is a cool horror movie concept because a lot of – especially the classic horror movies, you don't see the gore. You don't see the killing. It's just implied.
0: Yeah, which is, sometimes has more of an effect anyways.
1: But, yeah, exactly. And, but they went and they took it in a different way to, to kind of a different degree, and it just didn't deliver with this movie. But it had such – But it still good- got
0: people into the theaters.
1: It's such build-up, yeah. And, and and for a movie
0: that had to have had a production budget of
1: $300. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need a couple of uh, 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 Sony 8 tapes, and uh, we'll go from there. All right, so Blair Witch Project, um, are you going to hit 14, 15, 16? I'm skipping over all, all right. of those. So you got Stigmata, which was actually a pretty cool movie. I think that was a scary movie. Magnolia, which is a Tom Cruise movie about the kind of the dark side of um, like dating coaches and male dating coaches. Really? Uh, you got the faculty, which was another horror movie about the faculty of a high school being aliens. I think basically. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I, I really feel like we can skip a whole bunch until we get to, well, you know,
1: 2023. 20, All right. So hit me with 23. Fight club. Hmm.
0: I, I- I don't, I don't think you can understate the impact that movie had not at the time but like I don't know why that movie still speaks to me but there there's so much that going on in that movie and watching it once you're just not going to pick it all up
1: well and that's the thing about having a great director and a great writer and a great cinematographer is that they're able to put the pieces together so well that there are so many layers to the movie, the message of the movie, the message behind the message, and then how the message is delivered, right? Like it, and, and, and it's a cool movie. It's just, it, you know, it's, it's kind of about taking down the man and taking down popular... Uh, the the movie has
0: so much to say about living in a capitalist society, and what it's like to be a man in today's society. And, and how do you express frustration?
1: <sighs> Through punching people. Yeah. Um, if, um, if, if, and, and I know girls don't like this movie. I, I know this because every girl I've ever dated was just like, oh, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not interested. Or my ex-boyfriend used to make me watch that on repeat. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, cool.
0: But, Did you date somebody I dated?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, literally every girl, every girl has, has always said that. Um, but uh, we just lost our Instagram feed.
0: Uh, well, yeah, because we're at, after an hour, but we got some more right. movies to hit, and the, yeah. So Fight Club. I don't know. For me, that's pro- that, that's still my but, number one.
1: But yeah, but the the point is that uh, it's a good movie, and and people who haven't seen it, and that also includes you, ladies. You got to see it. It's an all-time classic movie,
0: it, and it's not about fighting. It really no, isn't. it's
1: not. It's not. It, that's it, that's not. Yeah, it's just not. You're right. It's just not about fighting. They, it, you know, they are fighting in the movie, but no, the majority of the scenes are not actually. So, but even
0: like the, the fighting is a placeholder for something else. I'm no. not going to say what it is. Watch the movie.
1: All right. So the next, which I'm, probably I'm guessing a movie you haven't even ever seen, is Girl Interrupted, which is about a it's it's a Angelina Jolie and Winona Ryder star in this movie um and Winona Ryder plays this girl who basically they you know her family thought she tried to commit suicide and they put her in a mental institution and and Winona's Ryder Winona Ryder's character wasn't really that crazy she said she didn't really try to commit suicide she was not mental, but she goes to this mental institution and sees what real crazy is, but then gets stuck there for a, for several years. And that's why it's called Girl Interrupted, because it's about this high school age girl who spends her, her high school years, basically, in this mental institution as a relatively sane person witnessing insane people. So that makes and, me and realize think- that she is sane because she realizes how the insane people are actually insane
0: it makes me think of an experiment that a couple psychologists ran a long time ago and i'm probably getting some details wrong but basically i think it was like three or four psychologists got themselves admitted to a psychiatric hospital by like fake presenting symptoms yeah and like then after a short period of time like, said, all right, we're just going to act normal. How hard will it be for us to get out?
1: Yeah, that is quite the social experiment. And, and I'm and, assuming it took them a re- – they were basically unable to exit. Uh,
0: yeah, they had a really hard time. I think for one of them, like, it actually required, like, a third party to be like, look, this is what happened. Like, you guys need to let this person out.
1: And I'm sure that took months of just bureaucracy to go yeah. through it. But so that's the bad side of, of the mental institutions. What I say all the time is you have these crazy people on the street who are talking to themselves, pushing people in the subway, doing drugs. There needs to be a, a a a medium place somewhere somewhere between jail and the side of West 38th Street, right? Yeah. And and I think mental institution is a good place for that. But we need to really revisit what's what's going on with that. I'd love to found a, a new mental institution, um, you know, and just there's so, like, there's all these dare, like buildings that are high rise buildings that just the construction wasn't completed or whatever. Wow. I'd love to like just press people to, I actually almost called you the other day on my drive home. I passed a bunch of buildings that were like the construction halted. And I, I wanted to be like, yo, can we like, maybe look, maybe we'll have a conversation about it, but like look into fundraising. Cause I guarantee, especially in the New York city area, there are so many people with so much money that would be totally behind the idea of building an institution to deal with these people who are not happy on the streets like we know they're not happy on the streets they're people with mental disorders and drug abuse problems and nobody they don't want to be on the street and people don't want them on the street except the extreme liberals which are which 8 years ago were saying we need to put them in homes and now we're saying Whoa. well we can't put them in homes because you know the street is public space and this is their property and this is what they want to be doing
0: I mean, are we going to do like "sip talk conquers homelessness" episode three or something like that? Because
1: maybe, but look, the issue is that that drug addiction and drug abuse, but addiction leads to death. So we're you know whatever we we're doing now is just enabling these people to kill themselves, and it's really unfortunate. Let's let's and right, let's that. keep on let's let's I speed run, run
0: through the rest uh, of these.
1: Toy, Toy Story number two. Toy Story Toy, two
0: was okay. I
1: don't. I don't even know if I ever saw it. I, I didn't. American um,
0: Pie. We need to talk about that one because that movie had a
1: massive impact. Nineteen ninety nine, American Pie is released, and what a movie, man! What a movie. High school movie. Um, I don't even know what to say about it, but like, what, what do you have? Like, she's all that. Um, that was, was probably '98. Yeah, not. Might have been a little earlier, but you had a few of these. You have a few of these late '90s. Movies that were, like, about high schoolers. But they were formulaic. Yeah, but that's kind of where I'm going. Like, prior to that, you had Animal House. Animal House was not
0: terribly formulaic.
1: No, yeah, it was for the time 25 years prior. Yeah, but I'm thinking about, like, She's All That, like, followed the very traditional
0: romantic comedy thing of, like, two people that are mismatched. And somehow, like, it turns out that, like one of them teaches the other one about things that they wouldn't have learned otherwise. And it turns out that they were matched and well, now they're together and it's a happy ending. American pie just said, like, we're we're not really going to care too much about the message. We're just going to tell a story that felt much more real.
1: Yeah, I would say it definitely, it definitely felt, it definitely felt more real. Um, all right. What, uh, What's, what's next on here? The Mummy. Uh, because
0: bit, Mostly because Brendan Fraser's been in the news a lot recently.
1: Why has he been in the news? Because he's very fat now?
0: Well, it's... For a long time, the internet was kind of making uh, a campaign to bring Brendan Fraser back into acting. Now, I don't know all of the story, but apparently, like, he had really terrible divorce where he just got raked over the coals in the divorce and he also had like an injury that like he had like an injury to his back that made it hard for him to be physically active so his physique changed and i think the collective view of the internet was this is a good guy oh and he also spoke out about sexual harassment in hollywood about so like some hollywood producer Like sexually harassed him. He spoke out about it and basically got blacklisted from Hollywood entirely. Mm. And so the internet kind of just looked and said, this is a good guy that made movies that we really liked, and then he just kind of got exiled from Hollywood entirely, and we don't think it was fair, and we want him back. And so like he recently is kind of, he made a movie that got like good reception and it just seems like he's been universally welcomed back and, and like people have appreciated him. And I think he really appreciates feeling like people really do love him.
1: Um, And they do, but I'll tell you, I saw him in a movie that came out in the last year or so, and he looked to be about 280 pounds.
0: So I, don't think, I think it's just about like the internet felt like here's a person who was done wrong, that did things like that made movies that we liked and we want him back, and so it's a triumph of kind of popular sentiment bringing someone back that they liked.
1: Fair enough. Karen on TikTok says uh, Breakfast Club, when that was kind of a high school movie, but but way prior. I just wanted to give her Breakfast a Club was up. good. But, but that, look, the thing about that was a the th- John Hughes movie. But what I'm saying about Brendan Fraser, though, and I'm happy he's back and I wish him the best in his career, et cetera, et cetera. I think he's a great actor. I don't know if he's a great actor, but he's a good actor. Um, there was a post about him on, on on Instagram along with a bunch of other actors. And I read through, I don't know, eight or nine comments. And he was, there was like hashtag Brendan Fraser under like, here's some great actors from the last you know decade or so. Um, and he, and then there was a hashtag Brendan Fraser, and then the rest of the guys, and all the comments were, well, why didn't you put a picture of Brendan Fraser, when in actuality there was a picture of Brendan Fraser, he was just two hundred and eighty pounds. So yeah, like he was, looks
0: very different today than he did like in the mummy, because in the mummy he's just
1: cut. It's twenty three years later. All right, so you yeah. had money, you got um, you skip Man in the Moon, which was actually a pretty cool movie. Um, yeah, scary. I skipped movies that I hadn't seen. The last movie that I wanted
0: to talk about actually was. Uh, the phantom menace which like that was the first star wars movie in like 20 years and i remember the the marketing and the build-up before that movie came out was insane
1: oh, star wars episode one yep number one of the prequel yeah yep um yeah i i didn't watch it i didn't watch any star yes wars. you did I, no i don't think i did i may maybe i don't even remember it. So the one with jar jar binks in it I, I don't know who that is
0: <sighs> all right uh um, I'm, I'm reasonably sure that you watched it. And the thing about it was there was so much hype before the movie. And the problem with episode one compared to the original three from the late seventies and early eighties is that in the, in episode one, and the rest of the prequels, George Lucas had complete creative control and George Lucas, in terms of like world building and visionary ideas. Very good. When it comes to, Script writing and editing, very bad. Because his wife is the one who did most of the editing for the original Star Wars movies. And his wife could stand up to him and say, George, that's a bad idea. This is going to work out better. And that's why the first three are so good, is because they were edited by somebody who could tell George Lucas no.
1: Hmm. I don't think I've ever seen. It. I know I haven't seen any of the original Star Wars, and I have no recollection of seeing this. I I remember there was one guy that had a double lightsaber, but I think yeah, I only that, that was it. the
0: first one. That was Darth Maul. I,
1: I think I only bought the toys, and I. Didn't Anyways,
0: the, Episode One wasn't terrible. It's I'm not saying it was a bad movie, but it was one where it had been hyped up so much, and people had probably unrealistic expectations for it based on how good the original three Star Wars were that there was nothing it could have done to meet those expectations but at the same time it was the first movie of many where george lucas was in charge of writing the script and there are some just terrible lines in those three movies because
1: nobody. nobody
0: nobody could tell george lucas no at that point
1: all right so i got i just want to i want to give a quick shout out to a couple of other movies we we skipped one that was big daddy uh, which which Adam Sandler? We, we gave a little shout out to Adam Sandler in the last episode. This was actually a funny movie, but it was not. It was not a good movie. Um, and then you got uh, uh, Drew Barrymore, Never Been Kissed, which was a terrible movie. Uh, Bowfinger, which I remember thinking was hilarious, definitely not that hilarious. Um, Thomas Crown Affair, the remake. You had Steve McQueen the first one, and then you have Pierce Brosnan in the second one. In my opinion, great movie. Um, and then uh, uh, we end with Notting Hill, which was, you know, uh, Julia Roberts, Notting Hill. Uh, that, that's it. You have anything else? 1999? Um, I was going to
0: talk about video games.
1: All right. Um, let's, real let's, quick. I'm just going to say. Real quick. Let's, let's, Super let's just Smash Brothers. Real quick. That was 1999? It was. Dude, one of my, I think both. Both, we used to just put the computers to play each other and watch i was
0: obsessed with that game
1: yeah it was a great game it was a great game uh i tra- we we had it in my office a few years ago and they used to they used to they used to stay in the office to fucking 11 12 o'clock at night playing each other in super, super smash brothers as a bunch of 20 and 30 year old kids just drinking and smoking the hookah in the office at freaking 11 o'clock at night i just thought it was the silliest thing ever but uh, uh you know but 20 years later it was still a very popular Video game,
0: yeah. Hold on. I'm looking through the original Tony Hawk, Unreal Tournament, um, Super Smash Brothers, Age of Empires Two. Like none of these are gonna matter to you, but like,
1: yeah, not a big video, but Unreal Tournament I've played, um, and I played a handful of the others. Uh, EverQuest, the very
0: first MMO.
1: I don't know what MMO is. I don't know they, what EverQuest is.
0: They, Multi. They- um, re- Massively multiplayer online. So think of like World of Warcraft. EverQuest mm-hmm. was what, like, the one that did that first.
1: Roller coaster tycoon. All right. <laughs> well, you're, you're lost. Uh, Dance Roller Revolution. Co- Revolution. Uh, uh, all right. So, on that note, that covers 1999. We're going to fizzle out on some lousy video games that <laughs> <laughs> just cuz.
0: Yeah. Um, um, and I'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna play our, our rap music. Are you cool with that?
0: Uh, we listening to Hi, my name is.
1: No, I don't think we we're not. We don't have uh, a license to do that, so oh. we just gotta listen to our our free music, and uh, and we're out of here. So thank you guys for joining us, and uh, come back next time. Adios. I'll
0: be up playing in a hurricane tomorrow.
1: Have fun, man. Let me know how it goes. Keep me updated. I'm, I'm really right. curious about this. I'll later. see you later. Adios. All right. You've made it to the other end of the episode. I want to thank you for making it this far. If you like this episode and you want to thank me, you want to thank James, you want to thank the rest of us here at SIP Talk, please subscribe to the channel on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or any audio podcast platform. And we will see you next time. Or you will see us next time if you subscribe. Well, you'll hear us next time if you subscribe, but if you go to YouTube, you'll see us too. Either way, Until next time, adios.
0: I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.